This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast summer bonus show. Available on YouTube and podcasts, we have no idea when they'll drop, who's going to be on them, but throughout the summer we'll do as many shows as and when we feel like it, frankly, with Ipswich Town news, Championship news, World Cup news, etc. Whatever the hell happens, I am here today with Mr. Mikey Penty-Smith. Mikey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Exciting times at Ipswich, isn't it? Well, it's all kind of like guessing what's going to happen and... Um, a kind of blankness. Um, excuse my, I took a sleeping pill last night and had probably double the amount of sleep I've had for the rest of the week. Um, so we don't know how long we're going to go, Mikey, but we, um, we're going to talk Departure Lounge. We're going to talk Jack Ross and Paul Hurst. We're going to talk some Josh Emmanuel, some friendlies, some playoffs. And you came up with a, a nice fun game for us and the listeners to play at the end, which I'm sure... We'll get buried for on Twitter, but what are you going to do, hey? Um, so, Mikey, there's been more um, goings from the club before the big coming. Oh, bad choice of words, that wasn't it? But um, <laughs> So, I was going through on Twitter last night, and this is how the departure list looks, okay? And this is long, so concentrate. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, gone out the door are the previous manager, Terry Connor, Malcolm Webster retired. Andy Liddell is going today, the fitness guy. Um, Nick Hayes released. James Blanchfield released. Michael Crow, Monty Patterson. All the loans have ended. So I offer Selena Connolly, Carter Vickers have gone. The two short-term contracts haven't been renewed. So Gleason and Carriel have gone. Um, McGoldrick hasn't been offered a new contract. Neither has Hyam. Chris Gattini, um, if he's even worth mentioning, has gone. And Kevin Brew has gone. Um... We'll talk manager stuff in a minute, but um, this just looks like a complete total reboot now. Um, what are your thoughts on the turnover? And is there anybody there you're actually going to miss? Um, well, I, I quite like it, really. I, if we are going to be starting starting again with a new manager, a new style, we do need we do need to clear the decks for him to be able to bring players in. And there isn't many names on that list who I'll miss, um, including <laughs> maybe unfairly Andy Liddell, because I I associate him with 
all of the terrible injuries that we've been having the last couple of seasons. I don't know whether that's fair or not. I think maybe we're a little bit behind in sports science. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not an expert on that sort of thing. Um, David McGoldrick's probably the player who I'll miss the most. Um, I think he's been an excellent player when he has played over the last however many years. Was it five years? He came in at a difficult time when we were struggling to stay in the league. And uh, I thought when he was on loan, he was a breath of fresh air and he he was excellent. And I was really pleased when we managed to sign him. Um, and yeah, in, in bursts, he looked brilliant. One of the best players in the championship on his day. But having said that, it was the right time for him to go because he's gone a little bit stale. Even even when he was fit, he wasn't always first choice because of the way that he plays. He just doesn't get involved very much in too many games. Like he came on at Norwich and I don't know whether he was potentially playing with an injury, but he did absolutely nothing when he came on. Nothing at all. And in a big game like that, it's just not really, I just can't forgive it really. Mm. And then the other one, I suppose, is Carriol because he's something, he's a player that's slightly different to the other players that we had last season. He had raw pace and now and again looked like a world beater, but <laughs> same as McGoldrick, it was just in short spurts and we need to be consistent moving forward and neither of those players can offer us consistency. Yeah, um, I read the Joey Barton book last week and he said exactly what you just said about, uh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no health expert, but um, soft tissue muscle injuries and about how to actually put players in at peak um, readiness and how to go up and down and plan for a whole season. And I know we didn't see the whole thing with that ESPN um, thing last season, but when they were saying, Andy Liddell was saying, oh, the players know their bodies. Um, I don't really tell them what to I mean, I don't know how much we were hearing, but it would certainly be interesting to see whether the amount of injuries increases or decreases when he's gone to your point about that. Yeah, I mean, I may have to apologise if, if it continues. I hope it doesn't. Uh, our season was just completely destroyed by injuries. Um, losing Emmy Hughes, especially when we lost him. And yeah, it just seems it just seems to keep happening at Ipswich. If it isn't McGoldrick, I remember Ryan Fraser, he was absolutely brilliant when he played, but his hamstrings went twice. I mean, I don't I don't think you can blame the fitness coaches for that. He was a young player playing a lot of games and he hadn't done that previously. But yeah, it just seems that every season and they and the players seem to take a long time to come back as well and they come back into training and invariably they pick up another injury like Tom Adeyemi being the main example from last season like how many little injuries did he pick up after coming back and it can't all be down to the players how can there be so many footballers who just constantly break down I just just don't understand certainly be interesting to see whether it goes up or down um on Carayel and McGoldrick I think it just comes down to now are they a, a viable person to put wages into and I think particularly McGoldrick was probably well paid. I agree with you about Carriel. I remember being at Sheffield Wednesday and he had one run and I'm like, whoa, this guy will definitely score tonight against these centre-halves. And he went off after 20 minutes and he was injured. But um, yeah, I think there's a certain amount in what you say, right time for McGoldrick. And again, it it stands to be seen. Is he going to play 35 games for a championship team next year and score 18 goals and we all go... Oh damn! Could he have done it for us, or is he going to go somewhere and be injured all season? Yeah, I think I'd I'd be happy for him if he did. I'd 
I'd like McGoldrick to have a good end to his career because he has been unlucky because these the last few years at Ipswich should have been the the best of his career but yeah it just well it might turn out that they were but let's hope that well I hope personally that he does kick on somewhere else mm. um so the narrative with this managerial thing now is is kind of down to down to two names that's what we seem to have picked up that may or may not be the be the case but um certainly from what TWTD normally very reliable TWTD reporting yeah. that it's either Jack Ross or Paul Hurst um so we know that Ross is done a second um, conversation yesterday. We're recording this on Friday. And we know from a tweet from the Shrewsbury um, local reporter that um, Paul Hurst, there's been no contact either way and he hasn't been spoken to. There's a lot of Ipswich fans now, um, given that Shrewsbury are in the playoff final, a lot of Ipswich fans now are kind of saying, okay, so you've spoken to this guy. And there's this other guy, but you have to wait one whole week to to talk to him. Um, what's your view on how this is playing out? And is is it as simple as I'm making it as it's going to be one or other guy? Oh, no, I think it absolutely is that simple. Um, and if we end up with Chef Kikuchi, it will suggest that <laughs> we didn't make the right offer. Um, but no, I think a lot of Ipswich fans are now saying we have to employ Jack Ross now. But I feel like they have to at least now wait and give Hurst the interview because otherwise it will be a all we we could have spoken to Hurst, but we didn't because we couldn't wait a week. And that to me, that just seems really short sighted. I think that Hurst deserves to also have an interview. Um, I think it's we've maybe got a little bit carried away with. Jack Ross, because it seems that he does want to come to it, which and he's so highly regarded St Mirren, and it, it is supposedly attractive football. Uh, whereas Paul Hurst, a little bit more of a functional team, Shrewsbury. Um, but yeah, I think we do need to wait. Um, but I, I expect us to go with Jack Ross because I think he's just full of enthusiasm, and that is what we've been. Up for, and it seems that they have listened to the fans this time around. So, um, obviously, probably like most Ipswich fans, I've been um, keenly watching that Jack Ross interview on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, um, it's called Talking Tactics. Um, just on Ross, I've pulled out these three quotes, Mikey. Um, first one, uh, the one thing I'm big on is creativity in the final third. The second one, most of our players are dynamic and comfortable in one-on-one situations. So if I'm Grant Ward, I'm kind of expecting to be treated a little bit differently now. And the third one, which probably made a lot of Ipswich fans laugh, um, sometimes I'll be wrong and supporters will be right. I'm happy to admit that. So, um, you know, I think, I don't know whether, oh, my button's undone, I'm flashing. Um, I don't know whether we're just in this situation now of, we've had one thing and we just want the complete opposite. And this guy appears to be the complete opposite. You just said carried away. Are people getting carried away with Jack Ross? Potentially, but until, 
until it all goes wrong, why not get carried away and just have a bit <laughs> of positivity about it? I mean, I'm I'm being flippant, but at the same time, we've been pretty negative at Ipswich for the last couple of years, and it doesn't take us too long to become a bit moany. So let's just, if he does come in, yeah, let's really get behind him and and enjoy it. Enjoy having a, a new manager, an exciting new manager, and the prospects of better things in the future. But but you um, love the look of Hurst. Um, I can't I can't claim to know that much about him. I I spoke to a couple of colleagues who know a little bit more than me about League One, and apparently they they're another functional team. That I don't think it would be a million miles away from Mick McCarthy, but albeit with a different type of character. Um, for me, I'm less concerned about pretty football and playing it out from the back I I want I want to see us set out to win games rather than stay in games like we did so often under McCarthy but I, I look back at the best Ipswich teams that I've seen which were George Burley uh, the late 90s and then early well right at the start of the 2000s and then Joe Royal and I can remember Richard Wright launching goal kicks up to James Scowcroft and I can remember Kelvin Davis launching kicks up for Chefki Kuchi to flick on and we all reflect on that football like it was brilliant it doesn't have to be building out from the back to be exciting um so yeah I, I think I'd be happy with either manager um I mean I'm not sure if I fully trust uh, the powers that be to make to make the right decision but I, I like the shortlist I like the idea of both of them yeah, and I I think when everyone's kind of found out that it's not Simon Grayson or Alan Pardew or any one of these, you know, that it's going to be something different. I think that's the um that's the key there. Um, Paul Hurst is not the only person who will be at Wembley on um Sunday week. Um, Josh Emmanuel, who if he plays, will be making his thirty eighth appearance of the season. Um, is going to be there with Rotherham. Um. He's their young player of the year. He'll be 21 in August. Um, when he comes back, is he ready to go now? Well, I, I, I don't see why not. You have to defend in League One, and he's clearly doing that. And he's got pace, he's got power. Does he have delivery? I, I can't claim to have seen much of Rotherham, but if he has won young player of the season, he must have been... He must have been pretty good, so I imagine he has improved. He, I don't think he was too far away from from being good enough, but I personally wasn't too disappointed to see him go out on loan. And then initially, I thought that he was struggling to get in the team. Or, or is this his second loan spell? No, this is. He went to Crawley um, last season, um, but yeah, I remember fine. it being that um, Flynn Downs went, and everyone was like, "Oh, he'll be their best player every week." And Josh Emmanuel went, and it's been, so I know Downs went a lot later, but it's been Downs didn't really get a kick and Emmanuel's played every game. Do you think he suffered a little bit from the previous manager's number one um, criteria from defenders are, right, you need to be able to concentrate and, um, you know, you, you get tolerated one or two mistakes and then, and, and then you're out. He didn't, I mean, he wasn't the greatest when... I remember seeing a game actually at Rotherham um, at the end of last season when a lot of young guys came in and he didn't didn't have the greatest game 
there. Mm. But um, I, you're probably right that he was right to go out go out on loan. But do you think? Um, obviously, Iorfa won't be there. It's basically him versus Spence, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is. Um, or Barry Cotter. As oh, well. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the whoever comes in will be looking at it with a. It will be less predictable who he'll pick because we knew with McCarthy, oh, he'll go with the older player or he'll go with the bigger player. Um, Spence had a good start to the season at centre-back. And I think that's probably his best position is the right side of a back three. But he's he's very inconsistent. And yeah, I feel like Emmanuel, more than anything, is another victim of our previous manager not... Not giving the youngsters a second chance. Oh yeah, he would, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't keep you in the team if you make a mistake. Whereas Cole Skews could obviously have a bad game and he'll still be there, and right, rightly so, because if he does something different to the the rest of our midfielders. But Josh Emmanuel would he'd have one good game, and the same with Kenlock as well. They'd have one good game, and then they'd have one bad game, and they'd be out straight away. And as a defender, you need well, almost in any position, you need to have a run of games and. It's all about confidence at that age, and he he couldn't have had any. And I think he was played left back at Nottingham Forest the last game of uh, the season before last now, and he was just absolutely destroyed. And his confidence must have been shot, and he must have think he must have thought, "I'm never going to get in this team now." Um, but yeah, fair play to him. He's gone out and he's clearly impressed, and a good assist for the for the goal in the first leg. Mm, absolutely. Um... A couple of more friendlies have been announced. They are still going to Ireland, aren't they? I assume so. Yeah, that was that um, was all that was all booked up. But um, we get the joys great, of great golf course. Sorry, a great golf course where they're going. That's oh. what Mick always used to say. Right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. David would be interested in that one. Um, so away at Milton Keynes on they just got relegated as well, didn't they? In their huge stadium on the 24th of July, um, and Braintree has been added today. So I think all the all the groundhopper people will be will be happy with those two. Although a lot will have gone to um, Milton Keynes. Um, but it looks like we haven't done this for a couple of seasons. Um, looks like we may well have a Portman Road one. Um, that leaves one Saturday, I think. Sorry if I'm wrong about that. Um, before the season starts. Um, so it looks like the first chance to really see whoever the new guy is is going to be Braintree on the 14th of July. It doesn't seem very far away, does it? No, but the, the players are already on their holidays. Some of them might even be coming back from their holidays now because it has been it has been a few weeks now. Well, has it? Two weeks. Hmm. I mean, that is, that's how long you go away for, hol- for a holiday, True. isn't it? So... <laughs> Yeah, it, it does seem soon, but but then it'll take it'll feel like a long month before the new season starts. Um, but yeah, so the World Cup will still be on when we're playing friendlies, which is quite it's quite strange in a way. But I suppose that's yeah. I know normal. which one I think the bigger game is. Well, obviously England will will be out by presumably the midway through June. I don't even know when it starts. Um, Right, let's talk some playoffs, Mikey. So, um, it was, between Friday and Monday, it was Fulham versus Derby and Villa versus Borough. So, Fulham get past 
Derby. Um, Derby shithoused them a little bit in the first game, but um, I watched that with fresh eyes. I always watched the Burley playoffs and thought how terribly unlucky we were and how the whole world was against us. And then I watched Fulham lose that first game and I'm, I was like, Fulham, how dumb do you want to be? Do you know what I mean? Um, but in the second leg, they they stuck to their guns and they powered through in the end without changing really anything of their system or their philosophy. What were your thoughts on the Fulham derby um, legs? Well, I think um, Fulham got what they deserved in the end. They... Jukanovic was criticised for not changing it up when it wasn't working at Derby in the first leg because um, Derby really, really stifled them. By me too. Um, I'm guilty of that one. Well, yeah, but it, but it was true. He he didn't. And I work with a couple of Fulham fans and they were really disappointed by the by by the performance. But I watched it and thought, I thought they still looked quite good. I thought they were the better team and they, they should have at least had a draw. Um, and there in the second leg, I think, um, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change needing health insurance, United healthcare, tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some States. Learn more at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Rowett just, he he was praised so much for his tactics in the first leg. I thought he, he got it completely wrong in the second leg because you can't, it's not as if Fulham weren't getting the chances in the first leg because of being stifled. No, that's true. They weren't able to play at their best, but they were still getting chances. So how how did he expect to keep a clean sheet at Craven Cottage and not really go for it going forward? And Fidger is their top goal scorer, and he, he left him on the bench, didn't he? Yeah, I, the reason he did that plays into what you say. He tried in the first game um, two out balls, and one was... I think one was Vidra and one was Lawrence and it worked with Lawrence, but Vidra just couldn't play on the defender's shoulder. So he went with Vyman um, as an out ball, presumably with Vidra sat there. But I do agree with what you say. That was completely predicated on, well, if we keep a clean sheet, Vidra's not coming on. Do you know what I mean? We, you know, yeah. we're, we'll, we'll, we'll play out that way. So third place beat sixth place. And um, in the other one, um, <laughs> Villa and Borough, well, they, they kind of stunk it up really for, 
for two games. Villa get a header from a corner after about 15 minutes or something in the first leg and just proper, I was at the second game, um, proper Pulis and Bruce, just very pragmatic, very no one's going anywhere. Um, Villa fair to be in the final, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it's, it is nice that the team that f- finished third and fourth uh, are going to be in the playoff final. Um, it was, I always feel like that's a, it's justice, even though I love the playoffs and it's great that you can finish sixth and sneak in. I think Villa and um, Fulham have been arguably top three best teams over the course of the season. Villa obviously very different to Fulham, very strong, very organised, defensive minded, but they've got some good attacking players as well. And I, I wouldn't be sad to see the back of Villa in the in the championship. Just they are a very strong team. Um, and yeah, I th- suppose Villa have been in the championship for two seasons and they've had some miserable times at Villa Park the last few years. And yeah, perhaps they deserve to go up um, because they you- are a massive club. But then Fulham, they've never, they've never played at the new Wembley. Neither have we, um, but they've played the best football and they have the the young, exciting players. So I I would like to see Fulham Fulham go up, um, mm. but then we'd lose the Craven Cottage away day, which would be a shame. Very, very true. Um, quickly before you tell me what's going to happen in the final, um, Derby probably in a bit of a worse off spot here than Middlesbrough. I think Middlesbrough have got enough financial stability there to ride it out. They've got Pulis, who's going to get them loads of points next season. Um, whereas Derby seem to bring the spending down pretty much about a year ago now. The, I think they went for broke a few seasons and spent lots of money. And, you know, we used to laugh every week they'd sign another striker for four million or five million or something. But they've obviously sold Hughes... Um, somebody in as well um, to finance all of this. Um, can you see anything other than a regression now for, for Derby next season? Well, I look at, I look at their midfield and I, it's quite an aging midfield mm. and they don't really have any players there now who, who they can sell on or are good enough to lead them towards Only some Vidra and Lawrence. Pardon? Only Vidra and Lawrence have got any value. Yeah, I know, and they spent a lot of money on Lawrence, um, and I don't know whether his he's had a reasonably good season, but I don't think that his value has necessarily gone up. I think he, if they were to sell him, which I don't think they should, because he is he's probably the standout player now. Um, they wouldn't get, they wouldn't make, they probably wouldn't make much of a profit on him. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, really sad to see Derby struggling. Um, Although, obviously, they might surprise us. They might come back next season. Gary Rao is a good manager. He gets teams organised. It could be another Cardiff, I suppose. A team that probably shouldn't be up there, but are up there because they're hard to beat and they can nick victories. But I look at their team and... Because I looked at the Middlesbrough team and I'd have probably eight of their players in the Ipswich starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I look at the Derby team and probably take four or five um so yeah i think like you said i think they are in the worst position i think i'd be very surprised if they were right up there next season i think they'll be 
around the mid-table mark, possibly pushing for the playoffs. Mm. Um, so in the final, um, you would think if Villa didn't make it, they'll be fine next season. But you think if Fulham don't make it, bye-bye Sessegnon, bye-bye Kearney, um, and you know your two best players are out and maybe you start to get a reputation as bottlers. Um, I agree with you about the away day, but I... I I do have a bit of a open crush on Fulham. I love the way, I love the way that they play. Um, kind of with you, actually. I'd, I'd quite like to keep the away day, but Villa are just going to be. However long Villa are down, they're going to be an absolute nuisance, aren't they? They're going to, you know, they're just a just a big club that. Although I guess Leeds are Leeds are the same, and Leeds have gradually morphed into a mid-table Championship team. What do you think is going to happen in the final? I think it will be another... I mean, what has happened to playoffs, by the way? They used to be so excited, didn't they? When it's <laughs> yeah, just right. Maybe I even think it will be before them, it was always... To, 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 maybe it's the um, the value of the away goal. Maybe it's all our fault and David Sheepshank's fault that the <laughs> that extra value of getting that away goal has gone. Anyway, that was sorry. an absolute masterstroke from Sheepshanks, wasn't it? Because we, we were saved, weren't we, by... I think it was 3-3 three, three, three at full-time. Mm. No, they wouldn't have counted... Would they have counted double at 90 minutes? Or would we have... I don't know. I think if they counted double at 90 minutes, we would have been out to Bolton. But you just said as well about third um, third against sixth. Um, the thing that always bothered me about the away goals are that whoever finished higher um, played home second. So the away team had 30 minutes more for finishing in a lower league position to score an extra away goal. That wasn't fair. But um, no. I always spout off, I, you know the rules at the start of the season, da-da, season's irrelevant once the playoffs are <laughs> Anyway, no, no, no. Um, what's going to happen in the final, Mikey? Sorry, I completely um, crashed your answer there. Um, well, I, I, as I mentioned, I work with a couple of Fulham fans and they are, all they want is John Terry and tears, sad tears <laughs> at the end of the game. And I, I quite like the idea of that as well. So I think it will be 1-0, uh, possibly after extra time. Uh, and I'll go with Fulham. I think Mitrovic, Mitrovic will get the winner. And yeah, John Terry will be sad, but at least he won't have to play against Chelsea next season, which would be really difficult for him. <laughs> I, um, I, I mentioned this on the pod. I once, um, I was once walking near Sloan Street Station. John Terry very nicely let me let me cross in front of him in his. It was like a maroon-coloured Range Rover, presumably coming from a. A very expensive. House. I I think he's still winning at life, whether he wins the the playoffs or not. Good old. <laughs> Good yeah, old. absolutely. And he is he's a brilliant defender, and he, he, he's he had a great actually. career. And um, fair play to him for coming down to the championship as well. I I rated that. I I he went to a big club, but it's not like Aston Villa were certain to be right up there. Um, he gets a helicopter to Birmingham every day, doesn't he? Does he? I don't know. I've made that, I've made oh. that up. I know Kieran Dyer. Um, <laughs> In his book, he said that uh, when he was trying to force a move away from Newcastle, he bought minutes on private jet. You, you don't own a private jet. You buy, you know, presumably for thousands and thousands of pounds, you can buy minutes or miles or whatever. And he he bought a trip for his mates or whatever, and he had loads of minutes left. And he was commuting from Ipswich to Newcastle on, on private jet at the end. of. So it's not the most stupid thing. And John Terry has probably got more money than any other footballer anyway enough of playoffs anyway i'm going to try and get a ticket for the for the final probably fulham have significantly less fans than aston Villa, don't they? so i'll probably get in the, in the fulham stand anyway you had a rather wonderful idea pertaining 
to the World Cup um, that we have done, and we're going to encourage listeners and Twitter to do the same. Run, run us through what your idea was, Mikey. Uh, so the idea was is that we'd pick um, an England an England team made up of players that we've seen at Ipswich. Um, we didn't make any hard and fast rules, um, so you could pick players, uh, for example, Jake Livermore, who although he didn't do much at Ipswich, went on to to have a reasonable Premier League career elsewhere. Um, I personally went for players based on what I saw of them at Ipswich. Um, so I'm at a disadvantage because I'm only, well, I'm nearly 27, uh, humble brag. Uh, whereas you're a few years older than I am. Oh, and Dave, Dave's um, going to kill it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And Dave obviously has a real advantage because yeah, he saw, saw the good old days, but I say humble brag about being, being relatively young. As an Ipswich fan, is it is it really a good thing to be young? Um, I look at the 18, 19, 20-year-olds and I feel sorry for them because they haven't they haven't seen anything. We discussed this with Dave's son, who's exactly that age, who's seen a lot of games against Nottingham Forest and Derby um, over the years. So the rules were, um, because obviously Statman is the query man of all query men, he came up with the list. Um, so... Someone who was, for example, born in England but represented another country, i.e. John Walters, you could not pick. So anyone who played for another country. And someone who was maybe born in Singapore but was an England captain, you can pick. So what we would like is um, listeners to do the same. So the rules are you can pick um, English or representatives of England, anyone who would qualify to play for England, basically. But you have to, they have to have been in your, um, during your support of Ipswich. So I can't pick players that I haven't seen. And if you've seen them on the telly, that's fine. Um, you don't have to have seen them in the flesh as long as when you were spoiled. So I'm going to go first, Mikey. This is my yep. team. So I, support, I started supporting um, properly in the mid-90s. I can't really, can't really claim... John Lyle players. So um, I went to a couple of games, but I didn't really support properly. So I've gone for a 3-5-2, which means I can't win any major trophy anyway because no one wins with 3-5-2. I've gone for Richard Wright in goal, um, who represented England with not much distinction, but did <laughs> nonetheless. Um, my three centre-backs, I've gone for David Unsworth. Just roll out that player career. I've got penalties. I've got corners. I've got all sorts going on there. I've gone for Tony Mowbray. Um, purely because the other centre-back I've gone for is Titus Bramble. And Titus Bramble would need Tony Mowbray there. Mowbray's probably going to be my captain as well. So I've got set plays, I've got wisdom, and I've got some pace at, at the back there. I don't know how good on the ball my back three are going to be, but there you go. Um, left wing-back, I've gone for Cresswell, who's a regular Premier League player. And has he played for England now? He has, hasn't he? He has, yeah. yeah. Um, um, he's fallen down the pecking order now. He might never play for England again, but... He managed managed a couple of caps, I think. Um, and yeah, I would have probably gone for Neil Neil Thompson, maybe, but um, close close call. Right wing back, I've gone for Mick Stockwell. There, there, nothing needs to be said about that. Um, midfield three, I have been a bit naughty here. I've gone for Mark Noble, not based on what he did at Ipswich, but I needed I needed a holding player to run for Jason Dazelle, basically, and I'm claiming him because he came back on loan for a few did, games yeah. after yeah. I. 
after I started watching. And he was um, pretty terrible when he came back, actually. Except against Man United. He, oh, in, yeah, in the he League Cup. That. He was he good in that game, yeah. But yeah, I remember him getting subbed against Oxford or something. Um, and yeah, Kieran Dyer is going to be... I don't know if I don't know if Dyer and Dazelle would um, would um, be trying to occupy the same role. There we go. Um, and I've gone up front, pace, Darren Bent, finishing, Marcus Stewart. What, what did you go for, Mikey? So mine is very similar to yours. Um, I started supporting Ipswich at a similar time, about 1996, I think was my first game. Um, so yeah, I also went for Richard Wright in goal. You've gone for a hipster Nuno Santo 3-4-3, haven't you? Yeah, kind of. Um, I don't really know what my formation is, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, I have gone for wing backs as well, so three centre backs and wing backs. Um, See, so I've gone for Richard Wright, um, the only other goalkeeper I thought that you could argue for is Kelvin Davis. He was he was a pretty good goalkeeper for us, but I think Richard Wright edges him. Uh, he's only real. He wasn't great claiming crosses, and he did love charging out <laughs> at strikers' feet. Um, but yeah, he makes the team anyway. Uh, right side of centre-back, I've got John McGreal. Um, I heard David Johnson uh, speaking on the um, This Week in History uh, podcast and he was waxing lyrical about how good McGreal was on the ball and how su- they were shocked when Burley signed him because I think he'd scored a known goal against Ipswich for Tranmere. Okay. Um, but yeah, he came in and we were like, really? John McGreal? Um, but he was brilliant, like so good on the ball and decent in the air. Um, and yeah, he's alongside Titus Bramble. I think it's, he, he's underrated, isn't he, as a centre-back? Because he, he was enormous and a bit lumbering. So when he made a mistake, it looked bad. So they're highlight reel mistakes <laughs> rather than mistakes that you don't notice. And I think Everyone talks about Titus Bramble like he was a really bad footballer, but he wasn't. He clearly wasn't. He played in the Premier League for years. I, um, I think I think the issue Bramble had is one was when you come through at Ipswich, it's a you're a big fish in a small pond, and then Newcastle was just a basket case at, at, at that time. You, you'd think um, I don't know if Sean Dyche was his manager all the time. He'd have you know he'd have been a more regular. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Yeah, and he, he never had a good partner either at uh, Newcastle. And then, so the left side of the three, I've gone for Mark Venus. Um, yeah. Just what he a left foot he had. Yeah. And I need him for the the diagonal long ball, the <laughs> okay. Jonas Knudsen ball uh, to a striker that I've put in. Uh, I've, I've gone for the same wing backs as you, Stockwell. I've put the notes, lungs and legs um, and heart as well. Um Left wing back, obviously Cresswell. Um, in the middle, I've gone for Kieran Dyer as well. And I've put Jimmy Bullard alongside him. Your midfield is going to get beaten up there. They're not going to want to stick their foot in those two, are they? No, but they have got Stockwell True. doing all the running and tackling as well. I am missing a centre midfielder. Um, could have done with a Matt Holland. Um, but obviously, he's he's really Irish, isn't he? So. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and then I've got James Scowcroft in the role that he played for Ipswich um, in the promotion season, where he was sort of inside right, right. Of the three. Yeah. But he's not a winger. He had, didn't really have much pace, but brilliant in the air. And, yeah, those Venus diagonal balls 
Scowcroft will be heading it inside to Marcus Stewart or Darren Bent. Um, so yeah, maybe not the best balance in my team. Um, I am definitely missing a centre midfielder, but, <laughs> but I did want to put Scowcroft in. Um, and yeah, Bullard is. I suppose he's. There's a question mark next to him. I think he's he's fairly unpopular amongst Ipswich fans. I think um, because of how how it all turned out in the end. But when he came on loan initially, I thought he was, oh, he was brilliant. Blue, he was one of the best midfielders we've had for years. Yeah. He always seemed to have time. And uh, yeah, he could take a free kick. I've got good free kick options in this team. So just need Marcus Stewart and Darren Bent just going down every possible opportunity. <laughs> and then we've got Venus, Presswell, Bullard. Built this whole team kick. around Joe Garner and then put eight free kick takers in because <laughs> Joe will win you 20 free kicks a game. Right, Ips Rich, our wonderful video guy. Let's see what he came up with. So right in goal there, he's gone for a kind of 4-4-2 with a deep midfielder. Um, so right in goal, Cresswell, Bramble, McGreal, so he agrees with a lot of yours. Maitland Niles, right back, interesting one there. Uh, Livermore, holding midfield, Premier League player. Lee Bowyer, centre midfield, presumably for Champions League antics at, at Leeds. Um, Dyer down the right, Townsend down the left, Bent and Stewart up front. So who are these regulars now? Right, Cresswell, Bramble's doing well. McGreal's been in two. Dyer's been in all of them, I think, hasn't he? Um, and Bent and Stewart doing very well. The Renegade Statman, now he goes back not quite as far as Dave, but he goes back to a slightly higher calibre of Ipswich team than the rest of us do. He's gone for Cooper and goal. They've both been a bit naughty here because Mick Mills did start at right back. So they've put Mick Mills at right back. Uh, Beattie, Osman, McCall left back. Three-man midfield, Dyer, Noble, Dazelle. That's good balance, actually. I like that. Um, mm. Isn't that exactly the same midfield as me? Yeah, that's why I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, up front, this is, look at this. Stuart, Mariner, Atkinson. I don't know how the hell those three are going to work together, but if they if they all do their thing, that's unstoppable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some power and poise. Yeah. Lucky to have seen those players. Absolutely. Um, and David Diamond, our um, most worldly Ipswich watcher. His team should be unbeatable considering what he tells us about 81 um he's gone for Richard Wright over over Paul Cooper um yeah Mills at right back also Butcher Osman he's put Beatty at left back Beatty did play for England at, at left back but if if Beatty's as good as Dave tells us he should have put him centre back shouldn't he because he'd be his best player um Tolbert Holden Dyer and Viljan Gates off the front so good balance Mariner and Stewart up front. Um, it's probably between Statman and Dave there, isn't it, predictably? Yeah, I'd 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 say so. We can't compete um, we can't compete, can we? Come on. No, no, we can't full stop. Um not with those players. Let us know on Twitter who's got the best team and remember that we should not be punished for our ages. Um so if you want to tweet your team in, let me just go over the rules again. The player have to be eligible for um, Ipswich if you want to argue anyone's nationality um, the Renegade Statman's Twitter is at Chompex and you can argue it with him not me <laughs> um, so yeah tweet us in your teams um, so before we wrap up Mikey you're off to you're off to Russia are you going to be safe uh, yeah I actually had a security meeting yesterday with uh, <laughs> actually... an ex an ex marine <laughs> um, uh, from the insurance company and uh are you still working uh, me? Did this happen? Pardon? 
Did this actually happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. We had, we had this. We had to have a meeting with the insurance people, um, and they were telling us that everything will be fine. Um, Just but don't leave the hotel. If somebody attacks you, uh, get stuck in a room. Out. Keep the room. Somebody one. comes in with a knife. A chair is a good way to <laughs> protect yourself. Oh my god, he got the chair. So, yeah, that I mean, of all the important things I learned or heard in this meeting, the only thing I can really remember is <laughs> to grab a chair, which is okay. what England fans do when they're yeah. at the World Cups anyway. Chairs fly very, very nicely. So we're probably going to check in with you at the World Cup. What we wanted to say, um, we have no idea what we're going to be doing podcast-wise over the um, over the summer. I'm, I suspect Dave and I will, when something actually happens with the manager situation we'll probably get together then Mikey we're going to come to you for the for the World Cup at some point but what we would like you to do is if you can tweet us in at Blue Monday ITFC what would you actually like to see or hear we'll try and we'll try and do something obviously we very very much enjoy it but during the season there's a lot of work so forgive us for doing them as and when but um, Mikey where can people find you on Twitter um at Mikey underscore Smith 13 at Mikey underscore Smith 13 I'm going to butcher that numerous times um, and what date are you off to Moscow so I fly out the day before the Belgium game oh, okay. um, so I'm going to work I'm not going to watch England um, so yeah England will have won two out of two and then I'll hopefully be in the fan zone to watch us beat Belgium that's going to um, be a that's going to be a previous manager shithouse job that one isn't it against Belgium? <laughs> yeah, you just know that so, somebody like Fellaini will score. They, haven't they got England. about nine Premier League players? As yeah, well? but it will yeah. be one of the rubbish ones that scores against oh, England. Kevin De Bruyne. I must admit, I know nothing about Premier League, so I'll, I'll I'll bow to your superior knowledge on that. Right, so you can follow Mikey on Twitter there. Follow me at Benjamin Bloom, Rich at Ips Rich at David Diamond three at Chompex three for Statman. I'll probably be back after the playoffs. I'll see if I can get permission to go to the Rotherham game, but that might be two in a weekend. I might be pushing it a bit too, a bit too hard there. Um, thanks for joining me, Mikey, and please get your tweets in with your England teams and anything you want to see podcast-wise over the summer. Um, Mikey, give me give me some kind of humorous, profound sign-off. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.